This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Get up! Everybody's going to move their feet. Get down! Everybody's going to leave their seat. Yes, it's time to lose your minds with the Detroit Rock City episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast. Not the song the city itself we're gonna have a really good time today i'm eric camaro that's chris sinzak and yes this is the decibel geek podcast chris are you ready to detroit rock city style it today yes and this is the i guess the unveiling of a new series we're going to be doing called where you come from yeah where you come from yeah it's going to be awesome i can't wait we talked about doing this for quite a while and you know it's one of those ideas that we just kind of bounced around you know we can do this for detroit we can do it for la we can do it for texas we can do it for Wherever, you know, we do 10 episodes for New York. Yeah, pretty much. You know, so we, I mean, we could almost do 10 episodes for Detroit. I mean, in Michigan. So this is going to be a lot of fun today. But before we get too far into this, man, I want to talk about the fun we had last week with the one and only Billy Sheehan on the show with us. How fantastic was that? It was great. I've never had more fun editing an interview because I'm like, wow, this is just because it seems surreal even sitting to talk to him and then listening to it back. It's just like just amazing. Yeah, it was a good time. Super good guy. It's I think the response has been and it's been this way from a lot of people that have actually crossed paths with Billy Sheehan is here's a guy that is probably the greatest bass player maybe to ever walk the face of the earth and such a down-to-earth humble and just a sweetheart of a guy and and so cool to spend a little time with us yeah we got a lot of great response to it people seem to enjoy our talk with him and uh, a lot of new listeners jumps on board so if you're new to the show welcome and uh, we do it do an episode every week as you know you heard last week was an interview this week we're doing a music-based episode we do year interviews we do all sorts of different themes, and uh, I hope you'll stick on board for uh, every week. Yeah, we aim to be educational and fun and funny and all of it all wrapped up into one with the idea that this is a rock and roll podcast, and we're going to be talking about some great music all the time. And we're also going to be talking about our great friends, because we got friends all over the planet that are helping us spread the word of the Decibel Geek podcast. Maybe you heard from one of your friends. Well, odds are that person was a Geek of the Week. Yeah, and the only way you can become a Geek of the Week is you just share the link to the previous week's episode on Facebook or on share, retweet it on Twitter, and I'll, I'll just mention your name in the next episode. And uh, we had a lot of people do that this past week with the Billy Sheehan episode. So yeah, this is a big list of names, All man. Right. Aaron, get comfortable. Okay, I am. <clears throat> I'll try to make this quick. Philip Cook, Brian Bazat, William Ortiz, Rolando Gomez, Jeff Barella, Dave Shirt, Brian Hopkins, John Mutel, Joey. Corigliano, so you'll have the fun of hearing me try to pronounce these names. <laughs> Wally Norton, Roy Worth, and Matt Ashcraft, kid and Chris Karam, Matt Bradshaw, Brant Cattell, Jason Wood, Franklin Jackson Hudson, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Justin A6, lots of three names. Donna Spittle, Matt Severson, Kevin Matea, Joseph Ciambelli, Gino Ames, Brian Odermatt, David Alpazar, Spicoli, Miguel Nunez, Aaron Baker, Joe Lescon, Rich Meister Dillon, Mike Tyler, Colin Francis, Mark Taylor, Greg McGlone, The Riff of the Day, Ch- Dan Chaput, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Chad Pollock, Kevin Williams, Michael Bartley, Ages of Rock Podcast, Unknown Elements, Obscure Rock and Metal, David Stonich, Cal Hens, Andrew Jacobs, Derek Novak, Eric, Eric Reed, and Anthony Espinufano, Eric Jeffries, Corey Nowlin, Wayne Cross, Trevor McDougal, Andy Parker, Brent Tebbets, Shane Abair, Music is My Religion, Paul Korn, The Winery Dog Shared It. Fantastic. Mikhail Burrell, The Terrence and Mark Experience, Stealth, Podcasts are the Best, Billy Hardcore, Ken Chase, Monty, Hoops, and... Adam Cox, T.J. Cullen, Amanda Kagan, George Savastano, Bill Hale, Jay Fenhouse, Ernesto Aguiar, Pep Pep, J. Motown Drummer, Music Mags and Wax, Shane Stucklet, Stuckless, and Basquiat 518. 
Nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> Talk for a minute. Yeah, catch your breath, man. That's a that's a list of people right there. Some people that have been our friends for a long time. Some new people on that list as well. You know, like Chris said, you want to be a geek of the week, just get out there and help us spread the word. There's a lot of good ways you can help us. You can you can get out there, you can share it on Facebook, you yep. can tweet it on the Twitter, all that good stuff. Go to Instagram. We got it going on there. You yep. know, all over the place on the internet, the decibel geek presence is being felt. But the number one place for you to check out is of course decibelgeek.com. That's the mothership of rock and roll. That's where we got all our fantastic writers putting out amazing articles week after week, day after day, all the time. New content coming up on there and new writers coming on board all the yes. time as well. You know, so you want to be a part of that? Contact us. You a writer? You want to get in with the Decibel Geek podcast and become a part of the party we got going on here? You can be a writer. Just contact us at the website. Let us know and we can make it happen for you. You can be like all these other cool people that are out there going to these shows, getting these amazing interviews and doing awesome albums reviews and mm -hmm. getting music sent to them to be reviewed i mean it's a beautiful thing it really is and you can be a part of that don't want to do all that work you just want to help out your boys well that's the place you can get yourself a t-shirt you can sign up to become a vip and get all that extra content that people are getting they're getting a whole bunch of versus episodes coming their way they're getting the chris and aaron show every single week which yep. they tell us is hilarious I, I believe it. I laugh my ass off when I listen back to them sometimes. I can't believe we're talking about that shit. But, you know, at any rate, all kinds of stuff available for you as a member and a friend of the Decibel Geek podcast. So without further ado, we don't want to shill too much because we've got a lot of rock and roll to get to today. And what a great episode this is going to be because, man, Detroit and Michigan in general is known for some of the greatest rock bands and artists to ever grace us by recording music and blowing our minds with it. That's and today, right. we're going to put the spotlight on a city that rock and roll, man, it, it doesn't get much heavier or much better than Detroit Rock City itself. That's right. It's a blue-collar town known as the, yeah. the Motor City. Um, fallen on hard times in recent years, but that doesn't change the tradition of great music that's come out of it. Of course, Motown is the biggest import from from Detroit, but a lot of great rock and roll. And there's you're going to hear bands you've heard of. You're going to hear bands you've never heard of today. We want to kind of yeah. go be all over the board and give that's you a us. lot of a lot of variety that you'll you not hear anywhere else. That's what we do. So uh, I'm going to play a band. This is one of those bands that probably should have been bigger than they actually were, and a lot of it had to do with the timing that they came out. I'm going to start off with a band called the Trash Brats. Yeah, because today is the first time ever hearing of this band this band uh and i have to give uh our good friend bj kahuna credit he hosts the rock and or all podcast and love that he's show. from the michigan area and knows a lot about detroit rock and he did a great episode on detroit rock and roll so i i, I looked into his stuff and i'll say i borrowed it a little bit yeah um he helped give me inspire me on some of my picks today he's very inspirational he is i'll even put a link to his uh episode in there so you can double up your detroit fun this week heck yeah uh the trash brats were formed in 1987 and inspired by 70s glam bands like the new york Dolls and T-Rex. Um, by, by the time the 90s rolled around, they were filling the area's biggest venues and poised to be the next breakout band from Detroit. Um, but a little thing was going on called grunge, and ah. they made it kind of big on a local scale, but didn't quite have that breakthrough that they were wanting, And uh, but doesn't change the fact they were a good band. Uh, after several albums and a bunch of tours, the Trash Brats disbanded in 2002. They have, did reunite in 2008, and they've continued to play shows at the pace about one every year and a half. Um, this tune that I'm going to start off with comes from the band's 1995 release entitled The Joke's On You. This is a song called Trap Door.
Detroit glam. That's pretty cool. I do hear the influence of like Hanoi Rocks mm-hmm. and the New York Dolls kind of stuff in that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of got, harkens back to an older era, but um, yeah. that would have been fun to hear in like a, you know, a grimy club in Detroit. Oh, for sure. And, you know, if you're talking about like grimy clubs in Detroit, you've got to think about that early you know, 70s, late 60s movement that was going on there. Mm-hmm. Because while all the crazy hippie stuff was going on out in San Francisco, there was a whole different crazy thing going in, going on in Detroit where it was a little bit of a mix of the psychedelic rock and mixed in with, you know, your, like you say, your classic blue-collar rock and yeah. roll, along with something that might just influence a whole new generation and a whole lot of different bands. And it all starts out... Way back in 1947, when little Jimmy Osterberg Osterberg is born in Muskegon, Michigan. After seeing The Doors in 1967, young Jimmy's career path is laid out in front of him. By this point, Jimmy, better known as Iggy Pop, had been the drummer for several Michigan bands. But after seeing Morrison in action, he was ready to step from behind the kit to front the Stooges. Along with the Ashton brothers, Ron on guitar and Scott on drums, with Dave Alexander on bass, the Stooges were making a name for themselves through their provocative live performances. It was during a show at the historic Grandy Ballroom opening for the MC5 that the Stooges got their break when both bands were signed to Elektra Records. They released two unsuccessful albums before being dropped. 
The Stooges would disband, and Iggy would move to New York, where he would end up becoming good friends with David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to remember, this is during the Ziggy Stardust days, so Bowie's a shot caller, and he facilitates a deal between Iggy and Columbia Records. With Bowie and Pop producing, the Ashton Brothers back in the fold, and James Williamson on lead guitar, the result is 1973's Raw Power. Detroit rock and roll man so unique, you got to love it. This is a tune, it's Iggy and the Stooges, and it's called Search and Destroy. that 
That really is the ground floor of a lot of stuff that would come after. It, I mean, that is, you're listening to history be made when you listen to the Stooges stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, that's what I guess they call proto-punk because yeah. there was no Absolutely. such thing as punk oh, yeah. at the time. And these guys were doing something, you know, and they weren't huge during their time, but they were unique and they were special. A few people got it. Mm-hmm. But the ones that did took that influence and created some of the greatest rock and roll bands of the 70s, 80s, and 90s yes. based off of that. Yeah, there there would be no Ramones without the Stooges. Absolutely not. There'd be all. I mean, just look at the the bands that we love here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, the bands that we've played over the years, and how many of those kind of bands have done covers of mm-hmm. Iggy and the Stooges songs? You know, yep. so many. And the th- crazy thing is, it's kind of crazy to know that Iggy Pop is the only one of the originals still alive. Yeah, I think uh, Ron just died like in the last year, I think. Yeah, Scott. I think Ron died earlier. Ron died earlier, and Scott just passed away. That's what it was. Yeah, you guys, you want to learn more about Iggy Pop and the Stooges, I recommend checking out the uh, What the Fuck with Mark Marin podcast when Iggy Pop's on there. That's freaking amazing. Yeah, I love that he went in depth on on the Stooges stuff. He didn't solely focus on the later solo stuff that he did. No, it was very cool. Yeah, yeah, the Ramones got together because of the Stooges, because Dee Dee Ramone and Johnny Ramone met each other in school, and one of them said to the other, I hear you like the Stooges. And he's like, yeah, I like them. And then they decided to form a band. Nice. Of course, they were both named Ramon. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> it just makes sense. Now, um, so I'm going to go from the ground floor of Detroit Rock to a really odd story. Okay. For a really odd performer. I like odd stories and odd performers of rock and roll on the Decibel Geek podcast. This is a bit of a left turn for me because I typically wouldn't pick something by the artist Andrew W.K., Okay, all right. Those of you that have heard of him know he's the party hard guy. Right, yeah. Yeah. I always thought, you know, he had some good hooks and guitars in his songs, but something about it, does he like punch himself in the face with bricks and stuff? Yeah, he does a lot of wacky stuff. And I'll just run down a few facts about him. Andrew Federley Wilkes Creer, better known as Andrew W.K., Okay, that's easier to spell and remember. Born May 9th, 1979, is an American singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, entertainer, motivational speaker, and music producer. Okay. He was the host of the television series Destroy, Build, Destroy. As a musician, he's known for his singles Party Hard and We Want Fun. Yeah. He grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He's from California originally, but he his upbringing was in Michigan. His father was a... He was, his father was like some famous pro- professor... Like okay. he was a really anal- you know, like a real cerebral guy, and his I think his mother had a pretty high paying job too. But there's a this is such a weird thing because like he came up with that party hard song, and that was a massive hit. Sure, it was. Yeah, it was everywhere. I mean, you still hear it yeah. on commercials today. And he's just this white guy with long hair. He looks like somebody you'd see in a trailer park, honestly. Right. And a lot of people were like wondering who is this guy, and but the mystery deepened because he started doing shows all over the country and. There was like this character named Steve Mike, S-T-E-E-V, popped up online and starts like saying certain things, like leaking information and like talking around in a roundabout way about how Andrew W.K. is not who you think he is. And the person you're seeing on stage may not even be the same one that you that you saw initially. What? And like starts leaking like details about his personal life and he's basically blackmailing him he's like saying you know i thought that i can't believe you're not giving credit where it's due and 
Um, I'll just keep leaking information until you do the right thing. So is this like a Paul McCartney's Dead slash Millie Vanilli type thing kind going of. on here? And like the Steve Mike character, from what I remember, I read this today, but like I started putting notes down and then I was like, this turned into like a multi-page thing. And I'm like, I could do a whole show on this one story. So I, 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 I'll even put a link in the show notes. I'll do the extra work this week to what I read. Cause you've got to check this out. It's I'm so intrigued. bizarre, but like he, it's a this guy with this Steve Mike person was like thanked in the initial in the first album. Okay. And then wasn't thanked in the second album. That's when a lot of this shit started. And there's theories that Steve Mike is really Andrew's dad cuz Andrew's dad also started up the record label that he put the first album out on and wow. some of the details coming out could only have come from his father and Crazy. then some people are saying Andrew WK was created by his father and isn't a real character and then there was even what? a case of a show in New Jersey in like 2005 where Andrew WK's on stage and he only did like half the show and walked off out of nowhere and a bunch of people were complaining that night saying that's not the real guy on stage it was like an imposter wow he was Crazy. like wearing his makeup. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> but uh, but no, he like and then out of nowhere, his he, career he goes. Saying, Shock me. We knew it wasn't him. Right, right. But like he walks off stage. That's the last show he does for a few years. He doesn't put. He doesn't do any more shows. He he starts doing motivational speaking at like theater lobbies. But is it the real guy? That is the real guy. Okay. And but it's like what the theory that people have is that this Steve Mike person like had so much was blackmailing him and preventing him from putting stuff out he was like putting a hold on his career this guy had some sort of power over him. huh and then he's eventually done more work since and he actually um he dj'd like opening for black sabbath on the last black sabbath tour really he was doing dj sets playing like old school metal and stuff but huh. he wasn't performing his stuff so it's really strange that you know that it's just a you have to read the story yourself because i said i could go on for an hour because we've gone way down the rabbit and hole not here e- and i haven't even WK. scratched the surface on this story because it the more i read the more bizarre it got and i'm like well i have to play something by the guy well yeah this so, is all this i hope this the song better be freaking awesome because the cool story's song. been great Maybe we can get one of our writers at decibelgeek.com to do a little investigative reporting for us and find out what the hell's going on. I think on it, would with be this a, guy. it would be a cool article. Yeah, it would. If you're a writer for the site and you're listening. <laughs> Baco. Yeah. Um, but this song comes from his Japan only release because it somehow got blocked from release in the United States. Strange. The album is called Close Calls with Brick Walls, and it's a song called One Brother. I can roll out of sync with the beat of the rink because I roll on my own terms.
elusive Andrew WK. What a crazy story. It is. I don't even know what to think about all that. I mean, I'm I'm more intrigued now with Andrew WK than I've ever been in my entire life. So it means we're going to do six Andrew WK specials, right? I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I just like to read the article <laughs> when it comes out on decibelgeek.com. Maybe we can get him on the show. I don't know. That'd be cool. Which one? Maybe we get both of them on the show. <laughs> Will the real Andrew W.K. please stand up? There's, a, there's another Detroit reference. I was going to say, that's a good Detroit <laughs> reference right there. Let me tell you about a band now that was formed out of the ashes of the Bossman in 1968 by the future maestro of rock, Dick Wagner. Talking about the Frost. They were a band that burned bright but faded quickly. They were loved by Detroit rock fans, and their stories about how they were known to blow away many future rock legends when sharing the same bill when they were on the up coming up in, in Detroit. They only released three albums of blue-collar, kind of psychedelic guitar rock before Dick Wagner would move on to greener, uh, greater adventures. But you can find out all about that by checking out our first conversation with Dick way back in episode 31. Yeah, we go into detail on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, all kinds of stuff, you know. And one thing that, you know, you agree with, I agree with, we got to know this guy, how cool and fantastic he was, one of the most underrated guitarists, songwriters, Absolutely. contributors yeah. to rock and roll history that there could ever possibly be possibly be and as long as there's a decibel geek podcast there will always be a couple of guys here waving the flag of dick wagner wherever we go so this is a good one for you to check out we're going old school on some of this stuff today so all the way back from 1969 on bass guitar gordy garris uh, bob rig on drums on guitar don hartman and the one-of-a-kind maestro of rock dick wagner handling lead vocals and playing some awesome lead guitar that just blows my mind and would go on to help inspire an entire Michigan rock movement in the early 70s. This is freaking awesome. You got to think about this. This is psychedelic rock at the same time that stuff's going on in, in San Francisco. Yeah. This shit's so heavy, it would make Jefferson Starship jump out of an airplane. <laughs> so check it out. From 1969, the album's called Frost Music. It's Dick Wagner and The Frost, and this one's called Jenny Lee.
Dick Wagner and the Frost. Badass, man. You know, it's it's hard to believe it's been over two years ago now that we lost Dick Wagner. Yeah, it's flown by. You know, not only because he was an amazing guitarist and songwriter, but because he was a great man. He had an illuminating presence, and he was our friend. Yeah, he was. He was, you know? he was a great guy and an amazing player. And um, I, while we're on the subject, of course, Dick would go on to work with Alice Cooper for many years. Yeah. Well, uh, shoot, I encourage everyone to check out his other stuff with the Frost, yeah. Ursa Major, Alice Cooper, Lou Reed, Aerosmith, mm-hmm. Kiss, all his other projects and solo albums. Yeah, I just want to mention, because I know we're going to get blowback for it, Alice Cooper did not get picked by either of us, because we could have picked the Alice Cooper group. I figured you were going to pick well, it, so I didn't. Because if we're going to, I mean, but they're not really from Michigan. They're from Arizona. And they, yeah. were, they were formed in Arizona, then they went to California. Cut their, and then did nothing in California, then they cut their teeth in Detroit. Yeah. So we didn't pick them, but at the same time, we also kind of want to spotlight some stuff that you may not have heard also. And so that way we got something to fight over when we do part two of Detroit, yeah. where you come from. You know, uh, before Dick passed away, he wrote an amazing book called Not Only Women Bleed, which is a must-have for any fan of reading. Great book. Any fan of reading should have that book. And every year they do the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Memorial Concert in Detroit. It's always a star-studded event with proceeds going to help great causes. Dick was quite a philanthropist when he was alive, and it's nice to know that through the strength of his name and his good friends that he still is. So the next one's on February 20th, this coming up year, at the Fillmore in Detroit. If you're a rock and roller and you want to go out there and support something really good, that's your chance to do it. If you're in the uh, Detroit, Michigan, Midwest area, hear some go good check music that out. Sure. You're going to hear some damn good music and pay tribute to our friend Dick Wagner. Like Absolutely. I said, as long as there's a Dis- Decibel Geek podcast, we will always remember Dick Wagner. Absolutely. And that song that you played was from 1969. I'm going to play one also from 1969. This is a, this band was a Detroit institution, although they only lasted three short years. It's just kind of hard to believe because they made quite an impact on music. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about the MC5, short for the Motor City 5. Um, they were formed in 1964 in Lincoln Park, Michigan. They were a far-left anti-establishment garage rock band, and they were a massive influence on punk rock. The punk, punk rock. This band, along with the Stooges, would go on to influence, as Aaron said before, many, many, many groups. Um, guitarist Wayne Kramer is still active. Uh, the band performed as part of the protest against the Vietnam War and the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago wow. that were broken up by a police riot. The group's appearance at the convention is also notable for their lengthy performance. In an interview featured in the documentary Get Up Stand Up, Kramer reported that while many musicians were scheduled before an all-day-long concert, only the MC5 initially appeared. They played for over eight hours straight. Holy shit. Yes. Wow. Talk about having something to get off your chest. Yeah, no kidding. And this tune that I'm about to play comes off the iconic Kick Out the Jams release from 1969, recorded at the previously mentioned Grandy Ballroom. Here's the MC5 with Ramblin' Rose. Brothers and sisters, I want to see you see your hands out there. Let me see you see your hands. I want everybody to kick up some noise. I want to hear some revolution out there, brothers. I want to hear a little revolution. Brothers and sisters, the time has come for each and every one of you to decide whether you are going to be the problem or whether you are going to be the solution. You must choose, brothers, you must choose. It takes five seconds, five seconds of decision, five seconds to realize your purpose here on the planet. It takes five seconds to realize that it's time to move. It's time to get down with it. Brothers, it's time to testify, and I want to know, are you ready to testify? Are you ready? 
Detroit's finest, the MC5 with Ramblin' Rose. Uh, I want to mention Wayne Kramer made scattered appearances on other people's records before being incarcerated for drug offenses. Oh, shit. In prison in Kentucky, he was unexpectedly reunited, reunited with MC5 bassist Michael Davis, also behind bars on a drug charge. Oh, wow. They're so, both in prison? Yeah, so he turned over. Hey, you're, what are you doing here? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the guy from the MC5. The guy up in cell block D says he is. No way. Show me who this guy is. Yeah. After his parole. Crazy. He, after his parole, Kramer worked uh, straight jobs for several years and focused on kicking drugs. In the early 90s, he returned to the music industry and has released several well-received albums. So wow. The MC5 uh, rebels all the way through. That's such an awesome time. You know, in doing the research for this, it's so amazing to be, you know, and we always talk about like, oh, what it would be like to be in New York in the early 70s. I almost would almost almost rather be in Detroit at this time because you're still getting the kiss because they're at Cobo Hall and doing all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. there are big shows at the Michigan Palace. I mean, talk about some of these places like the Grandy Ballroom. You know, so yeah. many historic shows at that place throughout the years around this time that we're talk- talking about in the late 60s, early 70s and this yeah. whole rock movement of a 
movement you can't even put a label on it you know because yeah. it's it's a whole bunch of different bands but it's a hot city at that time you Absolutely. know you got the grandy ballroom cobo hall of course it's a historic venue there yep. also famous for the doors live in detroit recording and the tanya harding nancy carrion attack <laughs> that is, was cobo hall wasn't it, it was <laughs> the last show was played by fish in 2009 yeah yeah. It was renovated slash removed in 2012. No more Cobo Hall. The East Town Theater, that was a place that they said where the Grandy was a little more hippie-ish. Mm-hmm. That the, uh, the East Town Theater was more straight-up hard rock music yeah. kind of a venue. That place, I think it's a parking lot now. I know the Michigan Palace is, too. Yeah. yeah. And if you go online on YouTube and look up Grandy Ballroom, it'll take you. There's all kinds of videos. There's I saw a band like was sneaking in there, like, hurry up, we're going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. And they went in there and filmed a video. And, oh, yeah. you know, these buildings, it's sad to look at and say, look at the rock history oh, in yeah. these buildings and then see what they are today. And they're just... Yeah. gutted out old buildings yeah, that they're, just falling apart. they're not renovating or getting no. rid of it just kind of sits there there's not much renovating at all going on in detroit these days it's, no. it's a sad thing but, i mean uh, because you could resurrect the grandy ballroom or the east town theater but you know you're not going to have that anymore you're no. not people aren't going to come to shows at those places the way detroit is nowadays and it's kind of sad but you know i'm glad today that we're able to celebrate some of the kick-ass rock and roll that detroit's given us over the years and you know this is the decibel geek podcast we got a lot of great friends around here and somebody we want to talk about that we haven't mentioned here in the last couple of weeks and it's about time we talk about him again and that's our good friend daryl alber and we're talking about his company hk collectibles inc he's back and he's got some really cool stuff for you to check out including some ted nugent tickets from the knoxville coliseum in 1977 and 1979 how cool would that have been to see those shows Absolutely. talk about detroit you got to talk about nuge right yep also got tickets from Jimi hendrix in san francisco in 1968 and led zeppelin at the kingdom in seattle in 1977 do you know somebody that was maybe older and went to these shows how cool would it be to give them the gift of the ticket to the show that they went to. You know, Christmas is coming up, and Daryl Albert over at HK Collectibles, Inc., he's got everything you need over there, rock and roll gifts that are one of a kind. Man, you don't want to give somebody some shit you found off a shelf at a department store. <laughs> you want to give them something special that they're going to hang up there on their wall and think of you every time they see it. And I can't think of a better place or anybody that's got better things that are going to elicit that kind of reaction on Christmas Day than HK Collectibles, Inc. So get over to Amazon and check it out. While you're at Amazon... Well, if you're going to Amazon, which, you know, like we said, Christmas is coming up, going to be doing a lot of Christmas shopping online, the way to do it is to go to decibelgeek.com. The people that have been here for a while, they get it. They know how it works, but I want to explain it to you, first-time listener. You go to Amazon through the Decibel Geek link at decibelgeek.com. It's right there on the top of the page, easy to click on. Boom, you're at Amazon. It doesn't seem any different because it's not different. It's exactly as if you went to Amazon without coming to us first. The difference is, is because Amazon loves us and they want to see people buying rock and roll items, among other things, that they support the Decibel Geek podcast. So when you pay for your item on Amazon by going through us, now Amazon takes their piece. They don't take it from you. They take their piece and cut us off a little slice of it and feed it up to us. And we take it and we put it towards good stuff, good rock and roll stuff like getting stuff for our VIPs and, you know, just improving the show all around. 
paying for our space to make sure the show's always free and all the things that we, you know, because a show like this has bills. Mm-hmm. We got to pay them. You guys help us pay them. We keep the show free. Yeah. Beautiful, simple as that. And part of that is uh, we get this cool little report every week that tells us, you know, they don't tell, you, tell us who bought the stuff, but they tell us what was bought. It's always a lot of fun, and I always look forward to hearing it. And uh, so we just got a short little list this week of stuff that was purchased, but uh, some really cool stuff. Uh, a Canon Professional Gadget Bag was purchased. A Honeywell 3800G handheld barcode scanner with USB cable. Ten of them were purchased. Wow. So somebody's outfitting an office with that. That's cool. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Black Roses on DVD was bought. Wow. Going back to our real scary yeah. songs episode. We're, we're influencing purchases here. I like that. And here's something that I had no idea existed, but it's pretty great. A Ghoulies Ghoulies 2 Blu-ray double feature was purchased. Oh, hell yeah. Somebody's going, yep, that's the Wasp song that I love so much. I heard it on Decibel Geek Podcast. Also a uh, portable wireless Bluetooth computer speaker with enhanced bass resonator. Right on. Sounds cool. That's for listening to that Billy Sheehan when you want to crank it up real loud. Hell yeah. Uh, The Beatles knew it released called One. It's a CD to Blu-ray audio and video is purchased that's cool and huey lewis and the news sports the 30th anniversary edition with five bonus live tracks was purchased aaron that was wow has it been 30 years already (laughs) 30 years since the sports album came out holy shit and i remember when that was was huge brand new yeah i do too huge album that year the old timers that we are i know 1985 heck yeah i like it so far so good i'm really enjoying this detroit look at rock and roll history i'm having a good time with it and i know you are too i hope everybody's enjoying listening to it now let's see here where are we leaving off we played the mc5 last so you're up next all right you know i might catch a little shit for this as i always (laughs) do but you can't really do a detroit show without including the self-proclaimed long-haired redneck rock and roll son of detroit right Ted Nugent? Soundscan's number one selling male solo artist of the 2000s. That's not Ted Nugent. No, this, that's definitely not Ted This guy Nugent. was born in Romeo, Michigan, which is about an hour north of Detroit. Kid named Bob Ritchie never really fit, fit well in his small hometown and was often ridiculed over his love of hip-hop music, even though he also loved rock and metal. By 11, he was a decent breakdancer. Maybe not as good as you were by 11, Chris, oh, yeah. but... No, there's no way. Pretty good. And uh, by high school, he had taught himself how to DJ a turntable and was making money rapping and spinning at parties. At 17, now known as Kid Rock, he accepts his first recording contract against his parents' wishes. This kid was cracking at a young age. That's a Detroit rock story if I ever heard one, you know? Yeah. Come to Detroit to follow your rock and roll dreams and look how far it's taken this one. And I do catch a lot of hell around here because I do like Kid Rock, but I really only like the Kid Rock you know that rocks that rocks (laughs) so mainly the stuff featuring jason krause and kenny olsen on guitar which works out because they're both from michigan too so from 2001 featuring the twisted brown trucker band this is kid rock with you ain't never met a motherfucker quite like me
the 2001 album cocky kid rock detroit you gotta include them you can't not include kid rock if we did this and didn't include kid rock i think more people would be mad than okay with it send your emails to aaron at decibelgig.com i like the kid rock wow. that rocks i mean the stuff nowadays yeah eh, not so much He's i would, like a country artist now, i would really he? really like to see kid rock bust out just a metal album because you know over the years he's shown that he can do it and do it damn well, you know? Yeah. Remember, remember that song, Jackson, Mississippi? That song's freaking awesome. And that's just a straight-up rock tune. More of that, please. Did I tell you my wife got to see him perform at a small club? Uh-uh. He, uh, at the uh, Dan McGinnis, where they do the rock and roll residence. Yeah, she, really? She used to manage there, and he was in town recording. This is back when he was doing... He recorded a few records here. Yeah, he was known for and, hanging uh, out in Nashville quite a bit for a while there. And they had this group of musicians called the Music City Mafia, and... Uh, you know, they churned out Big and Rich and Gretchen Wilson and some of these country artists. They yeah. were all a part of this collective of musicians, and they all, you know, they worked down there on Music Row in the studios. And a lot of these people would contribute to his album, but they would hang out at Dan McGinnis at the end of the recording day. Yeah. And they would do shows together at, at this at Dan McGinnis' before the residency started up. 
And one night when Kid Rock was in town, he jumped up on stage and he just took over the whole show. And she said for like two hours, he just commanded the stage. Wow. Yeah, she said he was just incredible live. I was like, you just thought he was cute. But he, you know, <laughs> but I've heard he was. I've heard that he's a, a really great live performer. I, I haven't seen it yet myself, but I mean, he's um, got I've to heard be. he's got a good stage show and everything. So. I mean, any videos you've ever seen of it, people love Kid Rock. You know, it's he's better than Nickelback, right? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I, without saying. I knew at least I could get that out of you. But yeah, Detroit, Kid Rock, you got to do it. Yeah. I got to. All right, well, send your emails. Let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I had a good story with the Andrew WK. There's another great story that goes with my next pick. Okay. Because part of these picks, part of the fun of doing this show is also sharing interesting stories about these groups. And this is a good one. And if you haven't seen the documentary, A Band Called Death, then you you don't know what I'm talking about, and I encourage you to run out and see it. It's on Hulu. Yeah, because I was all confused by this. I thought... Death was well. There is a like me- death the, metal band, the original death. death metal band. Yeah. But no, this this band called Death was formed in Detroit, in 1971. Okay, by three black brothers named Bobby, David, and Dennis Hackney. All right. They started out as a funk band, but switched to rock after seeing a concert by the Who, and they also saw Alice Cooper, and he was an inspiration to them. Music critic Peter Margasic respectively wrote that David pushed the group in a hard rock direction that presaged punk, and while this certainly didn't help them find a following in the 70s, today it makes them look like visionaries. Totally, yeah. They could possibly be considered one of the first punk bands in the world. And there were three black guys three from black Detroit. Guys from Detroit, formed in 71. This is really early on. What and a trip, man. This is wild. They broke, and I'm not going to give away too many st- stories about this because you have to see the movie. The band broke up in 77, but they reformed in 2009 when the Drag City label released their 70s demos for the first time. So what happened basically was the demos that this band recorded for record release got shelved, uh-huh. got put up in an attic. Somebody dug these tapes out of an attic, and then, like, you know, hipster fans will collect rare vinyl? Right. This this started getting collected, and it caught, like, wildfire, and it exploded, and it became, like, a viral vinyl album. So the music must have been pretty damn good for to elicit that kind of reaction. It's really interesting to listen to, and I think you're going to dig it. This is Death from 1975, but released in 2009. From the For the All the World to See album with a song called Politicians in My Eyes.
Is crazy. That's a band called Death. I may never be the same. You got to see the movie. It's I mean, yeah, it, I want to see it's it. It's a great documentary, and it you know they tell the whole story of how them growing up and show you know old clips of them recording stuff. It's uh, and the David, the main guy and songwriter, he's just got a whole story unto himself. And uh, 
but like the fam, you know, younger members of the family have kind of helped bring the band back into the limelight. And yeah, it's one of those things like they never got the uh, credit they deserve, but all of a sudden in the late two thousands, this little ex- explosion happened and they got some actual credit for it. Wow! But the movie is absolutely worth seeing. I wonder if they had the opposite problem as Kid Rock and be like, why can't you boys just go rap? <laughs> yeah. What's You're, this with the rock and roll? You guys aren't white. Quit it. <laughs> That's cool. What's that movie called? A Band Called Death. A Band Called Death. Man, I definitely got to check that out. great documentary. I'll be going to decibelgeek.com through the link and picking that up. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Now, when people think of classic Detroit rock, a name that's usually going to pop up is the Amboy Dukes. But technically, they were more of an Illinois band that made their name in Arlington Heights in the late 60s. And they were actually Ted Nugent's high school band. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, they were real young. Childhood. Eventually, the Amboy Dukes just became the name of Ted Nugent's backing band. It was just a revolving cast around a powerful Nugcleus. Nugcleus. You get that? Nugcleus. Ted would be proud of you. Nice. Until eventually he just dissolved the name completely in 1975 to form the Ted Nugent Band. Or so Clifford Davies, Robert Grange, and Derek St. Holmes thought. It was going to be called. So from that 1975 self-titled debut from the old one and only Motor City Madman with the stack of fenders and the hollow body Gibson Birdland, man, you got to love it. It's Detroit. You got to have the Nuge. This is a classic one you may not have heard before, but I think you're going to dig it. This goes all the way back to 75, and it's called Queen of the Forest.
kind of a trip, huh? It's a yeah, it's a song about two things Ted loves, the outdoors and women. Exactly. <laughs> it's the greatest Ted Nugent song you could ever possibly have. It's true. And Derek St. Holmes freaking wails on it. Oh yeah. Great singer. Amazing. Another local resident here to town. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Kid Rock earlier. We had the connection. We got Kenny Olsen here in Nashville. Yeah, he too. lives here too. So, you know, everybody's getting tired of being frozen in Detroit and coming on down to the music city. I like it. All right, come on down, Ted. <laughs> Ted Nugent loves Michigan, but yeah. he loves Texas more. Yeah, just don't shoot. Oh man. Okay, so Very I've got cool. I've got one more pick. I'm gonna go out on a weird note. Not that Andrew WK wasn't weird enough. Right. Some of these picks of yours have been really strange, but some of them have been really I'm cool. Interested to hear the feedback for this episode because we're all kind of all over the map musically. Yeah, we are. But uh, all right. So this band that I'm gonna finish off with is was formed in Detroit in 1996. It's a band called The Electric Six, and we've played them before. We, we played, have. We played a song called Night Vision before. What was that? Was that a Fresh Blood episode? No, it couldn't have been. That was something else. I don't I remember don't what they, that was from. They fit in somewhere yeah. along the years. No, it was the For Your uh, the Eyes episode. Oh, the, yeah. The Vision episode. That's what we it was. We need to do something like that again. We do. Um, but they're a six-piece band, which is how they get their title. Their style's been described as a brand of rock infused with elements of garage, disco, punk rock, new wave, and metal. Now they're weird sometimes. And they sound for like sure. all of that at the same time most of the time. Their uh, first album came out in 2003. They've released 11 albums total and lots of tongue in cheek humor that would make Alice Cooper proud. Good. And I think they've got that same kind of Detroit, Detroit uh, you know, wit. This song comes from their 2013 release called Mustang and it's called I Never Fucked Her.
That's a great song. I like that. Yeah, it's a definitely a quirky band, but you know, Michigan has a lot of different styles. I thought we'd kind of try to represent them all. So for sure, I Even love the Electric Six. Creating styles sometimes throughout the rock history in Detroit. Yeah, that fits I, right along good with some of this other stuff. And I didn't play Aaron's favorite song by them called "Gay Bar." That's crazy. <laughs> I showed him the video for that. The video is even worse. The song yeah. I can listen to. I, I don't can think tolerate I need to the song, but the video just wrecked it for yeah, me. Yeah, I think once was enough on the video. Yeah, I got about halfway through. It was like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's listen to that song you picked instead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I got for today. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for hanging out with us today. This is the first edition of Where You Come From. A good place to start was Detroit, Rock City. Absolutely. You know, so much great history. I want to find out more about some of these places, these historic places in Detroit that are just crumbling away. I want to mm-hmm. find out more about Andrew WK. I want to I just I oh, want to yeah. go to Detroit now, except in a time machine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, thanks for everybody hanging out with us today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. We've learned a lot by doing the homework to bring it to you. We hope you learned a little something about rock and roll yourselves because that's what it's all about. Before we get out of here, we want to remind you, hit us up on Facebook. You want to be our friends, just like it. And then you can comment on there and get involved in all the conversations. Hey, did you notice that we didn't have an iTunes review this week? I did. And I'm bummed. Yeah, man, that sucks. I can't believe we were able to carry on through this show without it. I don't know, man. I'm starting to question life and its meaning. It's not good, man. Things are looking bleak. The light at the end of the tunnel is getting smaller and smaller. It's looking like Detroit. Oh, man, we need some iTunes reviews. Get on iTunes, leave us a review. Get on iTunes and leave Detroit a review. For God's sakes, give them five stars. They need it. They need it so bad. But for what they lack nowadays, they've given us a ton of great rock and roll over the years. We could do two and three of these easily. But today, we're going to round it out with this one. And it's a band that they know and love in Michigan and all over the world. And I'm talking about Flint, Michigan's Grand Funk Railroad. Formed in 1969 by Don Brewer, Mel Shatter. uh, Shocker. Mel Shatter. That's a tough one to say. Mel Shatter and Mark Farner. Best known for their 1973 number one hit single, We're an American Band. Everybody knows that one. They released 13 studio albums between 1969 and 1983. They had a hugely successful run in the 70s, but by the time the 80s rolled around, they were pretty much finished up. Although the original power trio reunited to critical acclaim in the mid-90s, it was for only kind of like a reunion tour and some shows, and then Farner would leave again to continue work as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. But around the year 2000, Brewer and Shatcher decided to resurrect the band with former 38 special lead vocalist Max Carl and our good buddy, former KISS lead guitarist Bruce Kulick. Still in huge demand to this day, this lineup tours pretty much nonstop and are awesome live. This pick was actually influenced by the current version of the band yeah. because I saw I was checking out some Grand Funk stuff on YouTube a while back looking at Bruce Kulick stuff and I saw Bruce Kulick on live doing the solo for an old Grand Funk tune called Inside Looking Out and man when Bruce was laying down that solo it was freaking mind blowing so it's like hey I can't think of a better song to rock out this week's Detroit Where You Come From than from 1969. It's a nice long one. It's an epic, and I think you're going to love it because the guitar playing in it is just fantastic. So if you're a Kiss fan, definitely worth checking out because of the Bruce Kula connection. But, man, he wouldn't join a band that was garbage. No way. So he joined a legendary band, and I think adds a lot of his own to it. 
but there's a lot there to begin with, so good for Bruce on picking that one. Good for you for sticking it out with us. This has been the Decibel Geek Podcast. We'll see you right back here next week. And this is Grand Funk Railroad with Inside Looking Out. We love you, Detroit. I'm sitting here lonely like a, a broken man. I serve my time doing the best I can. Walls and bars, they surround me. But I don't want no sympathy. on my mind and hands I work all day making up a, a burlap bag
Come on up and uh, get down with me. I make it feel real good. Just the way 